Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ben, and in this episode of the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast, we're talking to a bloke who's taken his passion for barbecue to a whole new level. Hey family, I hope you're well wherever you are and you got that thin blue smoke rolling. Coming up in today's episode, we're having a chat with Daniel Barrington from Smoke Beyond Smoked Barbecue Competition Team. He's just recently taken out the grand champion winner of day two of the Brisbane Barbecue Festival. And that was a really unique festival. We're going to get into that a bit later on. But before we get to that, I do have a couple of announcements that I need to run by you. The first is that our podcast partner program is now well underway. We've um, found several businesses to partner up with and we've been sharing their message out through the podcast here. And we've got some case study uh, information that we can present to you now. So the first business partnered up with us for five episodes and we got a total views and listens of 51,221 with a total reach of 171,489. And the second group, we managed to get over five episodes, 82,500 total views and listens, and a total reach of just under a quarter million. So if you're out there, if you're watching this, if you're listening to this, and you've got a barbecue business and you want to get your message out in front of the masses, send me an email, ben at smokinghotconfessions.com, or shoot me a direct message on whatever platform you're enjoying this podcast, and we'll have a bit of a conversation about that and how we can help you out. Now, if you're at the opposite end of the journey, if you're just at the start of your low and slow journey, head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com. We've got a free ebook available for you, The Beginner's Guide to Real Barbecue. And what that is, that is a free ebook with all the information you need to get set up and started in the world of low and slow. So no more burnt sausages, no more crunchy black onions, no more boring food. You're going to have delicious smoked meats whenever you want it. And we've got that set up for you. And that little ebook actually took out an award for educational writing over at the NBBQA Awards in the United States last year. So it's an award winning free ebook available for you there. It's a great little resource. Now, if you're joining us today over at the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue community on Facebook for this live recording, I want to give you all a big welcome and a big thumbs up to you. I can see we're getting some thumbs up rolling through the uh, through the comments and the questions section there. So if you do have some comments and questions for Daniel, make sure you pop them into the section underneath the live video there, and I'll put them to him a bit later on in the episode. Now, if you're watching this on YouTube later on, give us a thumbs up, a subscribe, and hit that little notification bell. Over on Facebook, it's all about the likes, the comments, and the shares. On IGTV, make sure you give us a cute little heart, leave us a comment, and follow us as well. And of course, if you listen to this on a podcast app, particularly if it's Apple Podcasts, please take a minute to rate and review. Um, It really helps to drive us up the charts and spread our message and spread the message of our guests and our podcast partners. So for example, in the last 30 days, we've been as high as number six on the U.S., podcast charts for food and as high as number three on the Australian podcast charts for food and that's all down to you guys jumping in helping us out and giving us those ratings and reviews so thank you very much for that now back to today's episode so Daniel Barrington smoked beyond smoked recent winner of day two of the Brisbane barbecue festival now that was the first ever ABA double header in Australia uh, to my knowledge at least so it was literally an endurance event it was an absolute mammoth affair And it drew, I was talking to Adam Roberts at the event. He said of the, we had a couple of cancellations from border closures, but of the 17 teams that were competing, between them they had over 30 
GC Awards. So that was a huge field for Daniel to be up against. And um, I can see him in the green room. He's shaking his head as I'm saying it. So uh, I'm not sure he can believe it either. Um, so uh, look, that, that's probably enough of a lead in from me. Let's bring him in here. This is the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast with your host, Ben Arnott. How long has it been since your last confession? Daniel, welcome to the show, my friend. It's good to see you. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ben. Appreciate it. Anytime, mate, anytime. So I always start off each show with the same question, mate. What was the last thing that you barbecued? Oh, um, I had I actually had to think about that. Just um, what was the last thing I barbecued? And um, it would have been at work. And um, I baked two cheesecakes in the smoker, caramelized uh, chocolate uh, baked cheesecakes. Yeah. So I don't, actually don't know how they turned out because they're, uh, they're at work and I'm on my day off. So. <laughs> oh, right. So you're going to have to ring in and uh, like place an order and have someone put it aside for you in the cool room. Yeah, if there's any left, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just run that by me again. It was a baked caramelized chocolate cheesecake. Yeah, so caramelized chocolate. So I took the chocolate to the point where it was like, um, like really sticky, um, not burnt, but like it's a very fine line. And then, uh, mixed it back through the cream cheese mixture and, and smoked it like so traditional baked cheesecake but um but yeah like put it in the smoker does take a little bit longer um in a in a big giant offset smoker or dessert smoker but um yeah it uh it uh, it, it looked good uh, but yeah let's just see how it turned out i'll find out probably when i go back so <laughs> yeah yeah i'm I, I actually can't eat cheese but i can eat philadelphia cheese so i haven't done it yet but a smoked uh, cheesecake is something I really want to get into, but the catch is I have to make it myself, so I know exactly what goes into it. Um, uh, so I'm 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 going to have to give that a crack. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I'll send you a recipe. It's easy. <laughs> oh, beautiful! I I would love that. Thank you so much. Now, I you did just mention something about a dessert smoker. Is that different to a like a regular smoker? Yeah. So um, Luke out out at Fat Boys um, when he opened up the uh, prior to opening up the restaurant, he said to me, he's like what would you like to cook on, you know, um, on primarily as a dessert-based smoker? And I think it was purely to separate, um, you know, meats and like, you know, like cold desserts and that type of thing so that there's no um, cross-contamination. But also knowing that everything that comes out of that one smoker is is from like is a, is a dessert and it's all being barbecued. So we, um, we created this... Uh, concept um well luke created this concept and put together a uh, uh a smoker um from boss hog smokers and um it's it's awesome it's just a like a, a gas tank i believe and it's freestanding no it kind of works like a drum um but it's just this thick six mil steel um it's like holds its heat really well and it's it's awesome man so cool it's got about five racks in it so you can bake about 10 cheesecakes at a time so i'm stoked <laughs> Nice, man. That sounds like a great bit of kit. Oh, it's amazing, yeah. So what is your, your favourite barbecue to cook on when you're cooking at home? Um, oh, look, it changes every week, I think. Like when I when I am at home, like it's few and far between now time to actually get to cook at home, which is which is a shame. But um, realistically, I still love cooking on, on my Weber, um, the kettles. You know, I think I, I just like a, a good steak. Um, or if I throw throw something in quick and easy, I, I've got a Z grill as well, so I just like throw a throw a brisket or something like that in the Z grill and just you know don't have to think too much about it. 
But um, more so than anything lately, I've been cooking on the um, the Ozpig. Um, and I think, you know, it's we did some pizzas in there. We did a, uh, you know, did some um, rotisserie stuff the other week. And it's all sitting on my phone. I just haven't posted it. It's just been too busy. But, um, yeah, it's a very versatile bit of kit. You know, I do love it. So been getting that a bit of a, um, a given, given that a bit of a workout, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've got an Ozpig as well. And one of my favorite things is with that smoker attachment, I like to um, to get a boned lamb leg, season it all up, and then I actually steal the the meat hooks out of my old Pro Q, and I hang it off the off the grill. So you end up with a with a lamb leg hanging in the in the smoker chamber and dripping down onto all the onto all the log fire below. It's so good. It's amazing, and it's quickly. It's 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 amazing how like quick it takes to heat up. It's not like um, it's not like thin crappy steel. You know, it's like it's all well constructed and, and Tony, if you've met Tony, he's a, he's a great bloke and, you know, knows what he's doing and he, he's got a massive, a massive following and a great product out there. So I'm actually really grateful I get to cook on, cook on one, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love mine too. The, uh, the rotisserie Amazing. chicken is some of the best out there. Oh yeah. We did picanha the other week and oh man, just when you just put salt on steak and it just spins over a fire, just, I don't know. Salt on steak is fine, but like it's just when it's spinning for hours on end just over a fire, it's something special about it. It's amazing, you know? Yeah, that, that thick um, layer of fat across the top of it sort of melts and it self-bastes and, oh, so Stop good. It. Stop it. <laughs> Get me excited. <laughs> well, it is lunchtime. We, yeah. we are trying to record this during lunchtime, so we're, we're both making each other hungry, I think. Uh, I just had a basic cheese sandwich. How boring am I? <laughs> 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 well, I, I I haven't eaten yet, so uh, I'm I'm really feeling it. Yep. All right. I, I feel so, for you. Yeah. So, mate, congratulations on uh, on taking out day two of the Brisbane Barbecue Festival. Um, that was Australia's first ABA double header, to my knowledge. Um, so, congratulations, and tell us what the feeling was like when you realised you'd just won your first grand championship. Oh, um, it was a surprise. Um, and I think like my, my teammate Matt and I were, were talking and my wife's a part of our team now. Um, and she'll do, she'll look after, um, you know, parsley and, and the dishes and, and she actually just helps get the, 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 the visuals up in the boxes as well. She's very pedantic and makes it look tidy, but we're all talking, talking amongst ourselves. And I said, you know what? I don't think I had a great cook. I just, I, I don't know. I just, <laughs> and, and, um, I was like, you know, the, the chicken was good. It could have been this or, and I'm like, oh, the ribs were really good. Like we're really happy with the ribs. The only thing I was confident with was the pork. And I'm like hearing all these uh, uh, announcements come through like Demi's saying, you know, fifth place, fourth place, third place. And I turned to Matt and I said to him, oh, our pork was our best hand in. I said, we haven't got a chance here. And um, yep, first place pork. And I'm like, oh, there you go. And then fourth place brisket and, but it was really weird. Like in any other in any other competition, you had big hitters like um, Double Barrel and and um, you know uh, uh, Smooth and Smoking Salad Dodgers are Grant and the team, you know Justin and and um, Mitch, and they they were just getting calls in the top ten. And I'm like, oh well, there's no there's no chance we got there. But um, I think it just came back to, to consistency. We were just outside uh, the top five in the two other categories. So it was seventh and six, I think in chicken and, um, Oh, now I've gone blank pork ribs. And then, yeah, there was two top, 
uh, first place and a fourth place brisket. So it, um, yeah, just it was amazing. We were surprised. Well, I couldn't believe it, but um, sort of came came out of nowhere. Yeah, it it was a big field. There was Country Boys. There was Jack's Creek Barbecue Team, Primal Iron, Bluebird Barbecue. I mean, as I was saying in the introduction, I was talking to Adam Roberts there, and he was telling me that of the seventeen teams there, between them they had thirty grand champion um, wins. I mean, it was such a sharp field there that weekend. Oh, you know, and exactly that, you know, like, and these are guys that um, for the last um, last two years that I've been doing this, you know, primarily it's been our first full year that we've done this um, and then just done a handful of comps. But these are guys that um, have done it and won it and keep going back and doing it over and over again, consistent, you know, consistent cooks. And um, those are the guys that, that have helped me the, the, you know, like there's a difference between cooking a good brisket at home versus putting a, a brisket in a box. You know, it's just, it's a it's vast different um, product that gets put in there. And that took me a while to figure that out. And then as soon as I had my light bulb moment, it was like, oh, I'm actually doing all right now. But I have to thank so many people, um, you know, your Dane Cowans and, um, you know, from South Australia, um, you know, Dan White from Country Boys. Those guys have been in you know, really big parts of where I'm at now. Um, and it's just little things that they've just taught me along the way that um, I couldn't, I, I'm, I'm forever grateful for it. And it's just helped me be a better cook. Yeah, I know so, when I was yeah. competing, um, Dan and uh, Dan and Lucas helped me a lot as well. I remember one particular competition, I don't know how, but somehow we managed to, to end up on uh, Champions Row at, um, at Bangalore one year. And uh, we had no right to be there. It was uh, it was Lucas on the end, and then Dan from Country Boys, and then us, and then uh, Double Barrel. And I, I, I remember setting up the tent, and then they moved in. and They set up their gear. I was like, "Are we in the right place? Like, I, 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 I don't think we're supposed to be on this on this strip." Um, but yeah, no. Dan and Lucas took me in and showed me so much stuff that weekend. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's amazing, and just what they do consistently. You know, like. They, if they say they've had a bad cook, um, like they're still pulling numbers, you know, like they're still getting getting trophies for stuff. And, you know, like for me, if I have a bad, bad cook, I feel like I've burned something, you know. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm just uh, one of those things. Like it's just they're, they're just so consistent. And it's like they know it like the back of their hand. And, you know, you look at Lucas, he's, he's right up there this year. So is Dan. And, oh, man, they're just they're great cooks, great blokes too. And, you know, I've, I've just learned so much from them. And, Really good guys, you know, fantastic. Yeah, the ladder is looking really aggressive this year. There's so many teams that are like fighting tooth and nail to get to the top there. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, well, you look at um, yeah, like the Butcher's Axe boys. You know, they're just um, you know, I said to Michael the other day, he's just like, oh, just you know, it's getting to the point. He goes, someone take take our spot because he's like, we want uh, we want someone to sort of like take the spot, and we don't want we don't want any of the attention. I said, mate. You know, if you go back to back, I don't know if anyone's done that. I don't know if anyone's done that, you know, consecutively. You know, like that's like winning two Super Bowls or two grand finals in a row. And that's very, that's very rare to go by. So, you know, part of me wants them to do really well and win it. And, um, but then, you know, there's my mates, my really close mates like Dan and, and those guys as well. And they're like second place at the moment. Yeah. And I'd love to look, I'd love to see any of them get up. You know, that's, that's all I, that's all I like. So. Yeah, well, best best of luck to them. <laughs> yeah, it is. 
it, it is certainly really hard to, uh, to to pick a favorite this year. Now, mate, tell me about the lead up to Brisbane Barbecue Festival. What what do you like to do to prepare for a competition? Um, I am very uh, very much prepared prepared uh, like about from the Tuesday. Um, you know, the, you know, bumping in on a Friday. I, I usually on the Tuesday I go pick up my meat from the guys at Super Butcher who's just down the road from me. Um, I'll then take it back and I'll, I'll trim the big parts like the big big meat slow. So whether it's like a, a pork shoulder or um, or a brisket, I'll, I'll get that stuff out of the way, vacuum seal it, and, and and put it in the fridge. But then it's just the little stuff I'll um, I'll I'll do just like getting closer to the um, get closer to the comp. So in preparation, I'll I'll, I'll try and do everything at home like um, beforehand, like just so that I can just roll in and cook. And, um, but you know, this, this Brisbane barbecue festival, I didn't get the chance to do any of that. It was just working nonstop. I think it was about a, a 55, 60 hour week already. And it was just like starting on the Friday, I started at one forty-five AM cooking. Um, and then, yeah, I still hadn't trimmed a thing. So I was just like, I was, I was on struggle street coming in on Friday and yeah, but, um, somehow I got it done, you know, <laughs> that's what you do. But usually my preparation's pretty good. If I've got time. I'll make all my injections. I'll check my rubs, make sure there's no clumping. I'll pack all my my bags and make sure everything's ready to go, so that I come come Friday I can roll up the garage door and throw everything in a trailer and go. Yeah, nice. So you started at one forty five a.m. at work, did a day's work, and then went to the barbecue festival, and then did a double header barbecue festival. Yeah, it was stupid. That's <laughs> I don't wild. Know do that again. That's wild. <laughs> um. Oh, look! In all fairness, too, it was. Uh, it, it, I said to Luke, um, you know, I said to him, "Look, do you, you've you've got me rostered off the the day off, like because I asked for the day. Um, usually, I I work, um, you know, from midday until close, you know, like cooking and getting everything done. So, um, he he said to me, he's like, no, I take the day off, and then uh, one of the guys that starts the pits in the morning, he was like, oh, I can't start until later on because I've got a catering job that night. Um, for the business so he had to he had to start later because he would have been you know going on midnight before he wrapped up and got home so i said to luke i'm like mate i'll, I'll just do it without you know thinking that there's any consequence I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> roll in it before 2 a.m and oh man it was uh it was hard it was really hard especially that that day you know it was just that that saturday i was just like a zombie you know it was just it was stupid but no nope, had fun though. Still, still had fun. It was great. So, mate, that that makes taking out day two an even bigger feat, knowing that you had already been up for forty eight hours straight before the second competition even started. Yeah, I, I didn't really think of it until you just mentioned it. But um, you know what? I kind of I cheated a little bit and I went home and had a sleep because you know we're all Brisbane based, and I just went home. I was just like, nah. I need to, I need to sleep. I went home both days after I um you know did all my injections and and everything like that. I'm like nah, going home, going for a sleep, and just wake me up when I have to when I have to be there. You know, <laughs> mate, I don't think that's cheating. I think that's smart. Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> yeah. So that um the the Brisbane Barbecue Festival, Australia's first ABA double header. What did you think of it as an event as a as a two day double header low and slow competition uh it was awesome you know like because when um julian put up the the thing on the competitors page he said you know put up a poll and said 
would you rather SEA day one and then ABA day two, or would you rather a double header? And I think it was a lot of teams in, in, in Queensland were sort of saying that they'd love to do the double header purely based on the, um, being so close to the event that was happening in Melbourne or was scheduled to go ahead in Melbourne. So it was a chance for those top teams that were sitting inside the top 10 um, to sort of say, hey, look, I put up my hand and if I can get two GCs in one in one weekend, you know, like um, then, you know, then we're right up there. And, you know, and I think that was the mental um, aspect of it for a lot of guys. But from what I took away from it was uh, a really good experience. Um, I would do it again. I would I would wholeheartedly do it again. But I'd probably listen to my body and take that Friday off work. <laughs> <laughs> probably a good choice, man. Good choice. Now the the first day the the hand ins were kind of non traditional comp, uh, competition hand ins. It was beef cheeks, for example. Can you give us a bit of a rundown on um, what those hand ins were on day one versus on day two? Um, yeah, I don't want to see a beef cheek ever again in my life. Um, (laughs) (laughs) my beef cheeks, we put on at 6am and usually it's about a five hour cook, five, six hour cook. Um, you know, boat it, rest it, pull it, whatever you got to do. And, um, for me, it was, uh, five seconds before window closed hand in beef cheeks. And I had, I, I couldn't finish it in the offset. I threw it in the pellet grill and bumped it to 235 Celsius just to get them done. <laughs> um, so never want to see a beef cheek ever again. Um, and uh, I might just sit that one out, give it, give the task to somebody else if it does pop up again. Um, but no, mate, I like that. Yeah, but we got it done. We we didn't miss a we didn't miss the hand in, so we got it done. But was it the best beef cheek I've ever eaten? No, definitely not. No. <laughs> but um, so we had beef cheeks, beef ribs. Um, we had half chicken and uh, lamb on day one, um, which. You know, lamb was the was was the known protein that we all we all cook usually in the ABA circuit. Um, but beef cheeks and beef ribs, I think the only time I've ever really done beef ribs for comp was Bundaberg, the the two Bundaberg comps that I've done. Um, but I think it is it's it's become more common than than you know. I think more so with more open beef categories. You know what I mean? So more people are cooking them. Um, but yeah, in saying that, the uh, the half chicken was great. Beef cheeks were horrible. Um, the beef beef ribs were fun, um, but yeah, no, it was a, it was a good experience. Day one was awesome, but then day two was more more known territory for a lot of teams. I think we were all feeling a lot more comfortable, and I sort of took day day one and said, anyone that can win that competition on day one just shows how good of a cook they are. Uh, it just shows how good of a team they are to adapt to that and. Congratulations to More Better Barbecue, you know, fly in from New Zealand and take it out because hats off to them. That was not, that was not easy. That was, it was horrible to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you something, I, I do like, I do like half chicken. Half chicken was awesome. It was, um, I think, you know, if you, you if watching any um, stuff from Texas and overseas, you know, in, um, in, in the States, they do a lot of, I think it's, I, I you could correct me here, Ben, but it's ICBA or I, I, IBCA, I, I think. ICA. Um, and, you know, for me, it was a crash course, 35-minute video before the competition, just saying, how do you how do you trim a half chicken to, like, comp spec, you know? And at, uh, those guys, hats off to them, man. That's not, it's not easy handing in one, one bit of meat on the bone 
everything connected, making sure all the different um, muscles are, are cooked, you know, evenly and perfect and juicy all the same is is not easy, not easy at all. So, yeah, congratulations to More Better Barbecue. That Those guys are weapons. Got a project you'd like to work on with the SHC team? Shoot Ben an email on ben at smokinghotconfessions.com and let's have a conversation. Alrighty, mate. I want to sort of circle back to yourself a bit and uh, and be caught up on your journey. So, um, do you have like a chef background? Because I've seen some of the photos on your social media of the stuff that you put out, and man, there's there's got to be some some training behind that. No, all self taught. Um, no. Oh wow. No, no, not a chef by any means. I've um, this is my second job in a commercial kitchen, and I'm learning every day. Um, you know, thoroughly just enjoying my time and, and, you know, one of the chefs there says to me all the time, they're like, oh, geez, you're a bit, you're a bit rough around the edges, but I'm glad that you know what you're doing. And it's just like, I think it's just been years of cooking. Like my mum, my mum was a really good cook, is a really good cook. Um, she doesn't really cook much anymore, but, um, she, uh, she's, she's a great cook and I learn a lot from her. And I remember being in high school and just thinking when I did the home economic classes, I was like, you know, this is something that I really enjoy doing. You know, I, I, I love it. And for as long as I remember, I always wanted to be a chef, um, always. I always wanted to be involved with food. And my dad used to jokingly say when I was when I was younger, he's like, yeah, but you'd eat all the food, you know, because <laughs> there'd be none for the customers. So, um, but, you know, I, I've had a love for food and a, a real deep appreciation for food and for, for a very long time. And, you know, I that's... I think that's just where it's become. I'd never really followed it earlier in my life to like to to do a trade, but enjoyed the fact that I could just learn as I go and you know just just follow recipes, learn different things off off um off the internet and stuff like that too. You know. Yeah, sounds sounds like a like a more relaxed way of doing things, like a much more enjoyable way of 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 getting into that industry. Yeah, I think so, and. Yeah, it's but it's also too like you you think you know what you're what you're capable of until you actually get put under under immense pressure and you've got four hundred people to feed one night and it's like um, really test test you. But I I remember just like being the first week in the restaurant and you know obviously we it was a bit of a sink or swim type of uh, scenario and um, yeah we had I think it was day three and I was just like after service, I was like, we've got the best job in the world. We do, we seriously have the best job in the world. It was just so great to get it out of the way. Um, cause it's like, it's like running a marathon and then finally getting a drink break. Um, but it was, um, yeah, but like, you know, you love every second of it, you know, you're just doing what you, you, you do normally and you're kind of on autopilot, you know, it's just, you don't have to, don't really have to think about it. You're just doing what you love doing, which is, which is what I love, you know? And I think I'm, I'm very grateful too, because, um, guys that have probably fallen into an industry like, uh, in that industry into hospo probably didn't maybe, maybe not come from a love for it. Maybe we're just like, Hey, what am I good at? Oh, I'm good at cooking at home. I'll go do my trade. Like, Oh, I'm not good on power tools, but I know how to work a knife, you know? And that's why, you know, some of them just go oh, long hours. I hate it. And I think that's what talked me out of it when I was younger. I didn't want it to ruin my passion. But I think I'm very grateful now coming into it that later in, in life at 30 years old, just doing it and, um, uh, you know, enjoying it. It's like a new new lease on life. Yeah, right. So what were you doing before you got into that then? Like what was your, your professional background? 
So I was always in, um, I, I, my first full-time job, I, uh, was in like a customer service type role. Oh, um, wow. In corporate, in corporate sales, working for a massive stationary company. And then I, I transitioned into technology, um, in a sales division of technology and worked in inside sales and as a sales, sales assistant type of thing. And then the last part of my commercial, um, career was, um, was a, was a sales rep, like a, a representative of the business and, um, for technology and used to sell and, um, asset management and all that sort of stuff, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, just, just collecting, um, data from, from different various businesses, like big, big businesses. And then when t- 2020 rolled around, um, and that year just went a bit pear shaped, we, um, we, I got, I got made redundant from my job of 13 years. And oh, wow. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I could do one of two things. I could take, I could take a couple of weeks off and find a job or I can jump in the job um, straight away. And I started a job working in the meatworks out at, uh, for Woolworths to then, then recognizing that I had this 13 years of skills on their systems to then go, Hey, we want to put you in this, this team. But, but it was like really funny too, because it's them working with, um, you know, raw product, meat kind of already kicked some my, you know, it, you know, I won't say the word, but it, forced me into the um into a different industry very quickly so seeing it from a primal um very raw state how it was handled to then going all right this is how it's going to be cooked you know and i think that's a really it it was really awesome to see that you know so i actually left that job to go work for lane's barbecue so with brett stokes and um rachel at the time and um i loved i loved it like that was just um for me that was what I thought was a, a dream job too. Like, so I was doing content and I was doing a, uh, uh, doing a lot of, um, cooking and being creative. But I also think too, it was like, um, it got to a point for me where it was like, I love this brand. I love the product. I love what I'm doing, but what can I, what can I do and challenge myself a little bit more? And that's when I, I, I took the, the opportunity. I rang Luke knowing full well that he had a restaurant coming up and um, I said, I want my, I want my, to, to play my hand at this. And he's like, I'd love to have you on board. So it's, um, it's worked out really, really well, you know? Yeah. That's quite the, um, it's quite the evolutionary journey there, isn't it? Yeah. It's, I wish I did it. I wish I did it sooner, but I also grateful that I didn't cause I've in that 13 years, I had a lot of, a um, lot of uh, what would you say life life experience. Learn a lot of lessons. I knew what um, you know. I learned a lot of things about you know um, the values of different people and how to treat different people, whether you've met them before or not. And there's just so many um, you know so many uh, yeah you know, things that you you learn about yourself through basic training through working for a big organization like that. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm very grateful for that. I'd, I'd never look back and think, oh, geez, that was a horrible experience. There was days that were horrible, but it, um, it, it, I'm, I'm grateful for it. You know, it was, it was, it was, it's all learning in the end, you know? Yeah. And I can see how for you, it's all been building blocks as well. It's, it's not been, you've, you've never sort of gone left path. You know, you've always sort of gone, okay, I've I've got this. Now I'm going to add this. Now I'm going to add that. And you've kind of progressed vertically. It's it, it's a really interesting evolution to see. So I was just going to say as well in in saying that that we 
in that 13 years, I, I, I didn't know much about, um, you know, what I really wanted to do at that time too. Like I knew I wanted to be involved in food with somehow because it was what I was, I guess, you know, say good at, but um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And it was just like you get comfortable. You sit in a chair each day or, or, or on a forklift, whatever it is that you do, and you get comfortable with what you do and it pays the bills. But I actually just then, after this all, all these things happened in 2020, I was just like, what do I actually want to do? What do I, where do I want to be? What do I want to do to be happy? And, and I'm glad I chose this direction now because it's actually, it's working. So, Yeah. With, um, with all the madness that was happening and you being made redundant there, you like, it could have been a real sort of, uh, I mean, it, it, it obviously was a real defining moment for you and you've, uh, you've taken the opportunity rather than seeing the sort of being caught up in the, in the loss of, of, of losing that career. And you've managed to turn that into something really positive. Now, you started mentioning Fat Boys before. Now that that's a new barbecue restaurant that's that's opened up recently. Um, at at the time of recording this, it's been opened recently. Tell us a bit about uh, about Fat Boys Smokehouse. Um, yeah, so Fat Boys Smokehouse or Meat Church, what Luke likes to call it. So Luke, um, I got to know um, through the shop at um, Bundamba when he had the retail outlet. And um, I got to know him just from, you know, just from various chats and, you know, going in and buying a few different bits and pieces. And um, I, uh, you know, at the time I already had a sponsorship for um, rubs and I had my lane sponsorship um, prior to that um, with Brett. And um, uh, so I didn't really need any, any like stuff for, for competition wise, but I, um, used to go in and buy charcoal and that sort of stuff from him. And, um, we just got chatting one day and he, he's just like, Oh, I do this and that for food. Like I do this every Friday. And it's like within an hour stuff sold out and he's doing these crazy big burgers and all these amazing, um, creations. And I'm like, this guy's like speaking my language here. Like this is, this is what I love. And, um, when he, he's like, uh, he offered me a sponsorship because he, he ended up getting, um, at the time he was getting, um, like cuts of meat and stuff and in, in the window and just selling bits and pieces of primal product. And he was just like, oh, I'd love to give you a, a brisket for competition and I'd love to do this. And I'm just like, you know what, I'm, um, you know, for me, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take, take him up on that offer. And we, we sort of formed a really good um, bond over, over barbecue in, in general. But I think in the end, we, we ended up just becoming better mates, you know, not, not, because of barbecue, but we were just, um, you know, just uh, I'd get in trouble for taking too long to come home. My wife would be like, "What? Are you, where have you been?" I said, <laughs> "I said we've just been talking," you know. Um, and he was an integral part for me to really kickstart my um, my food journey, in the sense that one Christmas we we decided that when we had all those bushfires back in 2019, late 2019, I think it was. Um, he said to me, he's like, you know, do you want to do something through the shop and, um, you want to sell some cheesecakes? Cause I, I, um, you know, make a lot of cakes and stuff on the side. And he's just like, oh, I just said, yeah, look, and we'll, we'll give a donation back to the, the, the fire, fire people, the uh, firefighters. And, um, we'll, um, will help me get my name out there. And yeah, he was just a real integral part of pushing me. Um, without him even probably thinking he was pushing me, he, he was an integral part of me just um, becoming, um, you know, more involved with food. So that's how we ended up at the restaurant. 
Um, and you know, he likes to call it the meat church cause it looks like a church from the outside, but it's, um, and it's just flooded with smoke, you know? So I think someone's already trademarked that name though. He needs to be a bit careful oh, with yeah, that no. one. <laughs> no, no, definitely. Um, no, we're not, we're not like saying it in like, put it on t-shirts or anything like that. But it's, just, uh, it's the adopted name cause it does look a bit like a church, but, um, you know, and, and look at for, for us, it's but the last four weeks have been, um, learning, um, and how to, how to can be consistent with good food. And I've learned a lot about, um, how, how commercial kitchen runs. Um, it's, uh, it's not easy. It's long hours. It's, um, it's exhausting, um, in terms of, um, putting out the same food constantly, consistently. It is exhausting, but it is, it is the best job in the world. Like I said to you earlier, it's, um, it's a lot of fun, but yeah, four weeks on, well, coming on five weeks and, um, yeah, finally getting past that, uh, that little hurdle and now doing, doing some good things. So hopefully just keeps on, um, keeps on continuing upwards. I, I dare say it will, mate. He's, he's done a lot of work to, uh, to prepare that, that venue. It looks huge from what I've seen on the, on the social medias and you're right. It does have that kind of that modern church look to it. You know, the sort of the, there's a, the, the big glass wall in front and the high ceilings and the the sprawling greenery around out the front. It um it just looks absolutely sensational. It's something that that area desperately needed, and so many people um and I could name them all off said to me, "Hey, like how's that going to work in a in a town with seventeen hundred people? Like that's all Walloon has seventeen hundred. Um, that's yeah, it's a that's wow. the population of Walloon. They've got the old pub called the Walloon Saloon." Um, and a, and a service station and a local IGA and that's about all, um, nothing that's bugger all. Um, but you've got to remember too, like we are dead smack in between two highways, one going to Toowoomba, one going out to uh, Brisbane. Um, and it's about, it's about an hour to Brisbane and about an hour to Toowoomba. So you've got different walks of life coming from different areas, uh, you know, all these different people that never even heard of barbecue trying our food to enthusiasts traveling all the way from you know to from Toowoomba or from Brisbane or even the Gold Coast we've had we had people come from Sydney before um the the, the this madness started again um and uh yeah people come from Sydney saying I want to do this burger challenge I want to do this and I want to do that and um we're uh, they're flying flying people up and it's just it's just been overwhelming it's been so cool you know, being a part of something that's massive you know it got a lot of media attention too, didn't it? I, I'm pretty sure I saw like a Luke had posted a Channel Seven or Channel Nine news clip interview or something. Yeah, so they came out, and then we had uh, we had some food critics. There was a whole table of food critics that came out on soft opening um, for the day before family and friends, and they loved the food, but um, they they thought it was sensational and put all these um these uh, write ups in the paper and. And I'm seeing my name get mentioned. I'm like, wait, what on earth is going on here? Like, I, I just like, <laughs> I'm, I'm just, a, I'm just a guy that cooks barbecue in his backyard. Like, what am I doing here? Um, so, like, to, for me, it's, it was a real, it's been a real honour to be recognised for something. Um, and I won't say that it's all come from pure luck, because you know, I'm a firm believer that luck's for losers sometimes. You know, like I think if you just hope on that, but. There is probably a little bit of luck, but you know, I think there's a lot of uh, hard work that's gone into it, and 
Um, for me, it's probably been a personal brand and being being working on that for so long that it's it's been recognised by a few people that enjoy food as much as I do, and they say good things about it. So I'm I'm just stoked, you know. You're listening to the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions podcast with massive barbecue nerd Ben Arnott. Alrighty, Daniel, this is the third segment of the show now. This is the lesson for the listeners and the viewers. So, mate, over to you. You wanted to get to talk about the evolution of barbecue in Australia. So I'm going to just sort of sit back and just uh, take in some of this wisdom that you're going to share with us now. Oh, I wouldn't know if it's wisdom, but I'll give it my best shot. <laughs> um, no, like I think when you asked me that question before we jumped on here, I think it was, uh, well, what did you want to talk about? And for me, the game has changed vastly from when I started in 2019. My first, my first ABA comp was uh, Bundaberg 2019 before, um, before. Yeah. And I just, I kept hearing from numerous people that, you know, it was one of the better competitions to do. And we threw our hat in the rink with uh, 49 teams, you know, like, and we didn't come last. I was like, yeah, you know, we didn't come last. Mind you, we came last in pork ribs, so but we don't mention that. Um, but like from just from that uh, time, 2019 to now, the evolution of the game has changed, you know, vastly. And I think um, I, I went back and I looked at some old, uh, like I, I said to you before, I, uh, before we went on the air, is uh, that you look at old hand in boxes to what was considered like great this great barbecue to what it is now the attention to detail is just is is just gone through the roof and to see blokes that you know that are still doing it from back in 2015 16 like you know your double barrels and those guys and to still win trophies like it just shows here shows you how good they are um and that they can adapt you know they can really adapt but i i just love how from a from afar it's um this this little thing uh, as American barbecue has had this stigma of being like, oh, it's the it's the Yankee food, it's the it's the it's the food of um the American people. While we we're we're all also very judged as a as culturally of not having much of a culture in Australia. Um, why are we taking on all these um, cultures of different countries? And it's because it's good. <laughs> it's like it's it's it's, it's amazing. Um, so like you know, it's 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 great food. It's it's a good excuse to light a fire. I think it it it, um, it brings out that primal instinct of us all. You know, there's nothing like lighting a fire, and it's very primitive. And it's uh, you know, if 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 you just enjoy lighting a fire to keep warm, you know, it's like why not throw some meat on it too? You know, it's um, it's it, it's it's just changed. It's it's changed a lot in the last six years or so um from what i can see but i really enjoy the the fact that it's not not the same every year something's changing different people are, are popping up and doing really well and teaching people how to do things and just reinvent the wheel it's just you're forever learning it's so cool yeah i love what you're saying about the uh the hand in boxes there my my first ever competition i ever did was a was a little backyard competition in 2014 and uh, the Meat Sweats had just won the first Port Mac like three weeks before. And they, they, they rolled up to this competition and I, I didn't know who they were. And um, some of the other competitors were like, oh, my God, it's the Meat Sweats. I was like, oh, who are the Meat Sweats? And they explained about Port Macquarie. I was like, 
wait, what? That sounds <laughs> awesome. And because uh, I'd, I'd, I'd just gone along to this competition because I was helping out my buddy who was putting it on and he'd had someone cancel. And uh, I, I remember seeing Vaughn sitting there chopping parsley. And I, I had to know what he was doing because I had no idea why he was sitting there chopping parsley. And I walked up and he, he took time out to explain it all to me. And, and then he gave me all his leftover parsley and said, here, this is what you need to get started. Because I was just throwing the meat in a box and just sending it in. <laughs> And, uh, and so my, my teammates got really excited. They went, oh, we can decorate the box. And they tore off down to Coles and they bought red capsicum and uh, there was corn on the cob and all sorts of stuff. And um, one, of the, one of the ladies that was on the team, she was from Taiwan. And so she loved to like hand carve all these cute little things. And so she basically like carved a, carved a little pic, like a little map of Australia out of, um, out of the side of a red capsicum. And we put that in the box. And of course, you're not allowed to do that, but we didn't know that. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's awesome. That was like my first comp in Bundaberg. I I pulled in, um, I put a handed in pulled rib meat because I overcooked the ribs, and I'm like, oh, you actually have to keep it on the bone. <laughs> it's just funny, like yeah, like but when you said uh, oh the meat sweats and you get like a bit bit of a fangirl people, I'm still like that with Vaughn. He's uh, <laughs> he's oh, he's an awesome like legends so of cool. the game. Now, just sort of looping back to to evolution, there. There's there's two hand ins that that I think have evolved wildly in the last couple of years, and I'm going to mention them both and then sort of throw it over to you for your thoughts. The first one, of course, is chicken. Chicken has had massive evolution, and it seems to go every couple of months. It it kind of seems to shift and change, and people are doing something else. And the other one is lamb. So when I first started out, lamb, you'd pick a cut, and now when I look at the judging boxes, there's three, four, five different cuts of lamb in a box. So I'd, I'd like to just sort of throw that over to you and get your thoughts on the evolution of chicken and lamb. Oh, for sure. Like, I think chicken's a big one. My first experience with chicken was doing like cupcake chicken, you know, putting them in the tins and deboning them. And I thought they had to be like this small, um, just tiny little like, you know, 50 cent Jeez. pieces. I had. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's what, um, you know, from what I could research and understand, that's what people were handing in and winning trophies. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to do that. But of course, I came dead last. I'm like, I just <laughs> didn't, uh, didn't really know what I was doing. Um, but, you know, in, in saying that, like I've seen people now throw in whole Marylands and um, chicken drumsticks and, you know, and they, to make a drumstick look that pretty is pretty, pretty insane. You know, like I'm still, I'm still a thigh person, bone in thigh, um, hasn't failed me really yet. Um, but, but then again, I've never really been the greatest chicken cook, but slowly now, well, getting up there with chicken, which is which is good. So just fine tuning a few things. So I think I might be onto a winning formula. But yeah, I'm not changing. I'm not going Marylands or anything like that. I'm I'm going the traditional thighs and tender skin and and juicy thighs, you know. But um, yeah, lamb's the same. My my box always is the same cuts. I always I don't do lamb ribs or anything like that. Like a lot of teams, um, but they're the teams that seem to do really well with lamb. You know, like they they they're putting something on the bone. But I hand in shanks. Um, backstrap and cutlets all the time, so you know have mixed results. But uh, but yeah, I'm not. I, I want to get. I want to get that right before I move on to something else. You know, between like th- three different cuts of lamb in that box, there that that gets to be quite an expensive box, doesn't it? It's the most expensive part, um, apart from brisket. You know, if you get an MB nine plus Wagyu brisket, it's um, you know, you're upwards of three hundred dollars. You know, so lamb lamb is up there. Backstrap's not cheap. And especially if you get really good backstrap, it's 
um, it's 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 fairly expensive. And I always cook two and um, and then yeah, two buck straps, and I get a couple of cutlets as well. Usually about eight bones of cutlets, and I get maybe two or three. And then again, you add all that up, it's more expensive than a brisket, you know, at the end of the day. But shanks are the cheapest, cheap stuff. That's why I do it, you know. It's like I do the shanks because they they don't take as long to cook. They pull apart nicely. They got good texture, and you know, just to pull in, put in some pulled meat in the box, you know. Yeah, I'm going to throw up some inverted commas around cheap though when we're talking about shanks because the uh, the prices have trebled in like the last three years, I think. Yeah, yeah. I used to when I first started barbecuing about ten years ago. I used to just cook on like a gas grill or whatever, and you know, I used to think I was awesome putting stuff in a um, in a foil tray and letting it smoke and all that sort of stuff, but um, yeah, not knowing what I was really doing. But I used to buy the whole lamb shoulders, uh, the lamb legs, and then chop off the shank and give it to my dog because it was like yeah. it was not even not even um, really. I mean, oh, I'd eaten shanks before, of course, but I didn't really think too much about it. It's like, oh, until someone's like, why don't you cook the shank? I'm like, I gave it to my dog. And they're like, oh, geez, you've got a lucky dog. <laughs> Look, this is probably a good point for us to start uh, throwing in some of the some of the viewer questions. Now, the first one, I suspect this might be a stitch-up, but let's have a bit of a look at this. Um, good morning, mate. Can you ask Daniel how to remove cheesecake from the roof of a barbecue trailer? Asking for myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, 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 I get the feeling there's a story behind that one yeah yeah um no because i don't clean the roof of trailers um that don't belong to me so <laughs> um that would probably be lucas armstrong or uh or shane harris um in um melbourne before um the first uh wave of the you know what um went through um we were down there for Lane's barbecue. We were doing the uh, meat stock and we were vendoring down there and it all got canned. You know, Jay had put the notification out to say, hey, look, we're pulling the plug. And all these guys from the States came over primarily for the SEA um, for these, these like, you know, amazing teams that just do really well over there, like Sandy Brown and, um, you know, like William Mann and those those guys that are world champions, you know taken taken home like trophies every weekend and they would have been just really disappointed because like you know everything you know got shut down fairly quickly so sheepy jay um jay um becker he put on a um sheep stock when we were down there so obviously everything getting canned i went and helped um dan white and did all the ancillaries for him and um back back then now he's like the ancillary king i was doing doing some of the ancillaries with him and helping him and he uh we were with lucas and and shane and um i was getting making these cheesecakes and somehow cheesecake ended up on the roof of his trailer and all over his trailer and he's just like how does one guy manage to make that much mess in that at least amount of time so, yeah, it's just been an ongoing joke. Every time I see him, I'm like, hey, are you still cleaning that cheesecake off the roof of your trailer? <laughs> yeah, no, it's good times. Hilarious. So did you actually blow it up or did you like have like a beater and then you held the beater in the air and ran it and it sprayed everywhere? How, how did it get up on the roof? I don't know. Well, I actually don't know. <laughs> um, it, was a, it was a baked cheesecake that we did in the apartment at the Airbnb the night before. And I just assembled it in the boxes, cut it, put it in the box, and somehow it ended up on his roof. Like, and it was a, it was like a red velvet cheesecake or something. I can't, can't remember what it was. It was bright red as well, and it's just gone, it's gone all over the place. But he's just like, how, how on earth did you do that? I was like, I don't know, man. 
So with the white walls there in Lucas's trailer, it would have looked like a murder scene. Oh, and it was like, a, back then it was brand new, you know, he was so stoked with the trailer and I've just destroyed it. <laughs> yeah. 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 No. All right. Sorry. Is sorry, that- Lucas. <laughs> I'm not sorry. No. I'm not sorry at all. <laughs> um, okay. So next question, how do we get new teams into the hobby? Struggling for numbers for a few SA events. Has it just been a tricky 18 months or is it just SA? And are we steadying out? I'm, I'm assuming that's a question like, do you think uh, the barbecue scene has hit saturation point? I think a lot of teams are, are struggling now to find new members because I think people don't want to put themselves at risk or um, especially when it's such trying times too, like people uh, might have cut back on hours with work and these type of things. So m- money is a big thing financially uh, in barbecue. Like it is such an expensive sport. Um, and I think that's what people realize, you know, like good help is hard to find, you know, and um, the whole the whole idea behind um, getting new teams or people getting into the hobby, it's like they've got to actually be invested in wanting to cook cook low and slow food, you know, like, and it, start, it could start with a Weber kettle or it could start with a offset barbecue, but you've got to actually want to be able to do it and have it in your backyard and put in a few hours practice before you go give it a go. And I think that's what's few and far between 18 months has probably been a few trying times, people saving their pennies and not buying, not buying, you know, smokers. Not that they don't want to, they probably want to and they want to learn how to do it. Um, But I'd say that's probably a big part of it as well. But we've got the same issue here that you get guys that message and say, can we jump on teams that, you know, um, pre-existing teams because they don't want to start their own because are they embarrassed to do it or do they don't want to come dead last or, or do they just want to learn? And, you know, I've been a big advocate for that too. Like I would love to have somebody jump on my team and whether I can teach them something, I don't know if I can, but if I, if, if I could, I, I would, you know, and I think that's about returning that, that favor that, you know, like I said to you before, the Dane Cowans and the, the Dan Whites and Lucases and those type of guys that have given me a helping hand and words of encouragement and, and a bit of barbecue knowledge to be able to make me better at what I do, then I'd love to return the favor for sure. So if anyone's out there and wants to learn and yeah, next barbecue competition, yeah, for sure, hit us up. All right, look, that's probably a good point for us to start to wrap up this episode now, mate. You've been incredibly generous with your time. I'm going to throw it over to you now to uh, to give some shout-outs, give some thanks to people who've helped you or inspired you along the way and make sure they tell everybody where they can track you down on the social media. Yeah, thanks, mate. I really appreciate that. And, um, yeah, no, just a big thank you to the guys that have supported me, especially from, from the uh, very beginning. You know, I had the two butchers out at um, – uh, out at Springfield who gave me my first opportunity with sponsorship for me. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, condolences to Steve's family and Steve unfortunately had passed away from cancer. Um, and he, um, you know, he's a, he's a, a big ambassador for, for me. He was really behind what I was doing. And um, I just, a big thank you to them for giving me my start. Um, you know, a big shout out to Ironwood smokers or ironwood smoking you know steve spinner for giving me a chance when i where he believed in me when i when i did it as well uh when i when i didn't myself you know he gave me the opportunity to start um or brett stokes you know lane's barbecue for for being behind me for encouraging me to do a really good job and and um he really he really you know believed in 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 something that i didn't even see from the beginning too and you know he's he's been a, a big um uh, you know 
been he, it, he's been really encouraging to me and um you know i really want to thank him as well um super butcher guys amazing guys um you know joel uh bryce dan um jaden all those guys at super butcher rach our old, old workmate as well just um amazing human beings um really generous with their time and um they want to see they want to see us succeed before they want anything in return and um you know all i can give them back at, at, at these certain times is just my time and um, i'll continue to do so um but yeah a big thank you to um luke um for for uh giving me the opportunity to do what i want to do in in life and um give me the opportunity to um still go out and and go to these events and represent his business and and myself and i'm very grateful for all of that and um yeah just just a massive thank you to to all the supporters and sponsors and everyone that's actually got us to where we are today so really do appreciate you all and um yeah hopefully see you all at the next the next event beautiful man some great words there now can you just uh, quickly remind everybody where they can track you down on the social Oh yeah, um, find us on Instagram. It's Smoke Beyond Smoke, um, all one word, um, and on Facebook as well. Forward slash um, Facebook dot com forward slash Smoke Beyond Smoke, and um, also um, yeah, I, no, we don't have Snapchat or anything like that. So that's where you can find us. <laughs> not that you're going to tell anybody publicly anyway, because I know what goes on in Snapchat. Uh, no. No, definitely not. I'm not on, not on that. And if I ever was, I deleted it. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, mate, thank you very much for your time. It, uh, it, it, it sounds like you might have a puppy dog there that you need to uh, go and give his lunch to. Um, so uh, I'll say thank you very much for your time and I'll catch you again soon. Thank you so much, Ben. Appreciate your time, mate. Thank you. And there you have it, family. How good was that? That was Daniel Barrington from Smoked Beyond Smoked, who's the new pitmaster at the new Fat Boys Smokehouse restaurant out in Walloon there. Sounds like an absolute ripper of a place. I'm going to have to get out there and see it pretty soon, I think. All right, so before I let you go, there's just some announcements that I need to run by you just to remind you of. Our podcast partners program is now open, so you'll be able to send me some emails or some messages about that so we can help you get your message out there to the crowd. If you're at the start of your journey, there's the ebook over on the website, The the Beginner's Guide to Real Barbecue. It's uh, smokinghotconfessions.com, totally free. Thank you to everybody who's joined us online for the for this live recording in our Facebook group, the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Community. If you'd like to come along and be a part of the recordings and also be part of the friendliest barbecue group on Facebook, do come and join us over on that. And I can just tell you right now that this episode with Daniel has been a crowd favorite. He's got 128 little hearts have come through the software here, 19 thumbs up, and at one stage we had well over 25, 30 people joining us live for the recording. So... He's obviously been a crowd favorite and you can be part of the show too. And aside from that, if you're on the socials, do the things for us, the likes, the shares, the comments. Tell a friend is probably the most important thing. If you've got a friend who's into barbecue, tell them, hey, you got to check out Smoking Hot Confessions. That would really help us out. And that is about all the time we have for today. So until next time, take care of each other and keep on queuing. Thanks for listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com for recipes, tips, and Ben's own confessions.